In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Believe it or not, we turn the calendar over to August today. I don't know about you, but it seems like June and July really raced by, and I'm not sure that I'm ready for August to be here. Uh, and it, Because it feels like uh, almost that June and July are vacation sort of months. And when we get to August, it feels like there has to be a little bit of a shift in the way that we have been thinking about things for the last couple of months. And thankfully, the church, in her wisdom, gives us exactly that. That when we start August, we kind of get this opportunity to be able to refocus and to uh, reprioritize and to really get our brains back into where we need to be because August 1st begins one of the fasting periods of the church. For the next two weeks, of course, we'll be uh, in the Dormition Fast. Now, I hope that didn't sneak up on you, (laughs) me telling you that we're in the fast starting today. Uh, And with the fast, of course, comes all of those disciplines that come along with fasting, but also comes additional services, as we'll sing the Paraclesis service a couple of times each week for the next couple of weeks, in an attempt to really reprioritize our lives and to kind of refocus ourselves. But even beyond the uh, fact that we start a fast on this day, the church, with the commemorations that we have specifically on August the 1st, Help us to really have, really truly, a swift kick in the rear end to get ourselves back in gear. And to really know and understand and to challenge us and, Lord willing, inspire us to be able to put Christ as our focus and to be willing to sacrifice everything for it. Because today in the church on August the 1st, we have two very important commemorations. The first one, and the only reason why I'm saying it first, is because it happened uh, chronologically the first. The first commemoration that we have today is uh, the uh, Holy Maccabean Martyrs. Now, the book of Maccabees is one of those uh, books of the, the, the scripture that is peculiar to the Orthodox Church and to the Catholic Church as well. Uh, so you might not be as familiar with the story, but in 2 Maccabees chapters 6 and 7, and I would encourage you to, to go home and even look at where uh, the book of Maccabees actually is in the scripture and look and see a little bit about uh, who these martyrs are and read their whole story. I'll tell you a little bit about them today. But suffice it to say, at the time that that the book is written, it's just a couple of hundred years prior to Christ. And in fact, uh, the action that is happening, I think, is even less than 200 years prior to Christ. And it was at a time when the people of Israel were, were actually under oppressive rulers. And it's almost as if uh, the oppression of uh, what, that we hear and understand just after Christ, the oppression of the Christians, was already going on amongst the Jews prior to the coming of Christ. Because at that time, Antiochus was king in Syria, and he was attempting to do everything that he could possibly do to get people to stop following the laws of God. And one of the big things that he wanted them to do was to eat the flesh of swine. Now for us, that's bacon, that's pork, that's all of those good things that we're going to be missing over the next two weeks as we are in the fast. But for them, eating the flesh of swine was something that was completely against the law of God and really more than just putting something in your mouth, it was really about following the law of God. 
And so one of the first people that the king attempted to uh, get to eat the swine's flesh to break the law of God was a man named Eleazar, and he was an old man. And uh, Antiochus probably thought, if I get the teacher, because he was a teacher, if I get him, the students will crumble uh, beside him. But he was wrong. And Eleazar was even given an opportunity to fake it. Some of his friends came to him and said, look, put it in your mouth, come over here, spit it out. We won't tell anybody. You go back and tell the king that you ate it. We'll all know that you didn't do it. But Eleazar said, that is absolutely not going to happen. Because he said, for even if for the present I should avoid the punishment of men, yet whether I live or die, I shall not escape the hands of the Almighty. God would know. And so he says, therefore, by courageously giving up my life now, I will show myself worthy of my old age and leave to the young a noble example of how to die a good death willingly and bravely for the venerable and holy laws. So he knew he was going to be an example of piety and courage, not a deterrent to following the laws, but the exact opposite. And that's exactly what happened with the other eight martyrs that we are commemorating as well. Because the other eight are seven brothers and their mother. And they were brought before the king. And the the oldest brother became their spokesman. And he said to the king, we are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our fathers. And here it really kind of gets gruesome in the scriptures because it says, and this really reads again like one of the martyrdoms under Nero or something like that. Because he says that the king then heats up a, a big pan and a cauldron and that he actually cuts the tongue out of the older brother scalps him, cuts off his arms, cuts off his legs, and fries him in one of the pans that he had just heated up. And the other brothers are watching. But they don't turn away. They actually said, God will have compassion on his servants. And then on down the line, every single one of them added to the rebuke of the king. The second son even said, you accursed wretch, talking to the king. You set us free from this present life, but the king of the world will raise us to an everlasting renewal of life because we die for his laws. And again, every single one of them uh, adds a statement like that as they die. And perhaps the most encouraging and inspiring one of all of them was the mother, Salomone, who watched all seven of her children being killed in front of her in an excruciatingly gruesome way. When the last one, before he was put to death, the king turned to Salomone and said, Persuade him. Persuade him to not face death. You could save him. And she says, Okay, I'll persuade him. And of course, he thought that he had won. But Salomone turned to her son and said, I beseech you, my child, to look at heaven and earth and see everything in them and know that God made them out of nothing. She's a theologian, too. So also he made the race of man in this way. Do not fear this executioner, but be worthy of your brothers and accept death that in God's mercy I may receive you back again with your brothers. So she's looking ahead even to the resurrection of the dead. And this is before Christ. 
She has hope and trust in the promises and mercies of God even before the incarnation, even before the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, all those things that we see and have seen and go through and participate in each and every year. What an inspiration, what an encouragement for us that these people, even in the Old Covenant, even in the Old Testament, hundred years before Christ, were willing to lay down their life in obedience. Why? Because they did not fear the world. They did not fear the executioner. They did not fear the person who is in authority and ruling over them, even when they were threatening them with death. Instead, they put their hope and their trust in Christ. And that is what we are called to do, which leads me to the second commemoration that we have today, which is a very unique uh, procession of the Holy Cross. It is a, a procession, remembrance of the procession of the cross in the city of Constant, Constantinople and in Russia for uh, the remembrance of a great victory that the people were able to have. And they processed through the city knowing and showing to the people this is where true victory comes. This is where true healing arises, only in the cross of Christ. And so on this day, we have the procession of the cross, and we have an opportunity to venerate the cross so that we can know and understand that it is in the power of the cross that we can be just as courageous as those Maccabean martyrs that uh, lived before Christ came and are an inspiration to us uh, by the great victory that they were able to show in their giving up of their life. And we have these commemorations for us on August the 1st to give us that kick in the rear that we need to say this is what life needs to be like. Because so much of the time, and I've heard it from many of you, when we see the things that are going on in the world, we are afraid. We are afraid of what might happen to us. We are afraid of the potential oppression that we might have. What these feasts help us to know and understand is don't be afraid. Don't respond and react to the world out of fear, but respond and react to the world no matter what is going on in confidence, in courageous trust in Christ and his great mercy and love for us, and the trust in the fact of the power of the resurrection. We have nothing to fear. And if we live our lives that way, with trust, with confidence, focusing on Christ, then that's where we will be changed, that's where this world will be changed, and that's where we will, Lord willing, inherit the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. And so, brothers and sisters, as we turn the calendar to August, it's time for us to get going once again. To enter this fast knowing that it is a great opportunity and the perfect thing that we need going into the rest of this year to refocus and reprioritize our lives and to put our hope and trust in Christ so that we can live our lives not in fear, no matter what is going on around us, but that we might live our life with courage, confident in the promises of God, because we see it and we see them most clearly in the power of the cross. Always trust the power of the cross. 
And may those holy Maccabean martyrs who didn't even live to see the power of of the cross, may they pray for us and encourage and inspire us to live up to their example, to obey the laws of God, not because we are afraid, but because we are confident in God's promises. And may we together enter the kingdom of heaven by the power of Christ and his cross. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.